This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! This is the Lightning Round Podcast Draft Profiles. Today we dive into the DB group of the upcoming 2019 draft class. I am at Garrett Sisti on Twitter. Jamie is at Lightning underscore round. And we're covering cornerbacks and safeties today. But first... Big shout out to Lightning Round Podcast's biggest and most consistent donor. Yeah, big thank you goes out to Marcus Terigian for yet another donation. We really appreciate it. As always, Marcus, thank you. And like we always say, we appreciate anybody who decides to support us, whether it's by listening to the show, uh, chatting with us on Twitter, participating through conversations through the app, or donating, especially the donating. But we like everybody, so thank you very much. Yep, thank you, and thank you, Marcus, to continue to donate. If you want to be as big of a fan as Marcus, you got to donate as consistently, and he does it about on a monthly basis. So good for you, Marcus. Appreciate it. So today we're going over the DB group. Like I mentioned, we're going to go over five corners, five safeties. We'll each give a sleeper. We'll give our top five, and then how these guys fit with the Chargers and if the Chargers should be drafting either position group in the draft and where we think they should be targeting these guys in the draft. So let's go ahead and start with it. We're going to start with corners to move on to safeties. Let's go ahead and start with the corner from LSU, Greedy Williams. So Williams is a guy who obviously made, made some noise at the combine today by running, what was it, a four three nine forty something along those lines. Uh, Greedy is a very physical and aggressive corner in press coverage. Uh, he loves to get his hands on receivers and really bully them throughout their route. Uh, Williams does a good job of locating, adjusting to, and making plays on the football. He has great closing speed. Williams anticipates back shoulder routes and makes plays on the ball on some occasions on back shoulder routes. Uh, He makes some pretty impressive in-game adjustments after getting beat on routes, and he will bait quarterbacks into bad throws quite a bit, um, particularly underneath routes. Uh, Williams, in my opinion, can be a little bit too passive and late to break on ball and zone coverage. Um, has a little bit of trouble kind of shifting out of that back pedal and driving on the ball underneath. Uh, Williams shows some vulnerability to vertical routes. The recovery and long speed, despite the fast 40, look to be questionable on tape. There are times when he gets beat deep, shows some vulnerability, like I said, to those deep routes. Uh, Williams can get too grabby down the field when he gets beat. Uh, He really doesn't seem very interested or eager in making tackles, particularly in the running game. I think he's a bit of an ankle biter with a tendency to duck his head and lunge at ball carriers, maybe hoping he's going to miss. He really only makes tackles when he has to, and you can see him repeatedly kind of throttling down and taking really long routes to ball carriers, particularly in the run game where he's basically just letting his teammates make the play and he's cheering them on behind the pile. Just not a very physical guy, not a guy who really looks like um, he's interested in tackling. Uh, I have a pretty high grade on Greedy, not as high as some people, but uh, I have an 87 on him. So early second round, I think when all is said and done, he will probably sneak into the bottom part of my top 32. So ultimately wind up being a first round pick. But uh, in terms of value, in terms of the score, the number score, I have an 87 on him. I think he's a pretty smart and aware corner. Obviously, he has the speed. The route recognition is there. 
the ball skills are there. For me, the biggest knock on him really is that lack of willingness to tackle in the running game. I just think he's a terrible tackler, not a willing tackler, and just not interested in participating in run support. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty close on Greedy. Uh, he played both corner spots at LSU. He's a long corner, moves well for his size, and he's a fluid athlete with great recovery speed. He can run with any wide receiver. Williams really makes his money in press man, like you mentioned. Uh, seems to always be in control when he's on the field. Plays the ball aggressively when it's in the air. Also has a stiff jab in the line of scrimmage. His aggressiveness gets the best of him at times. Um, you kind of mentioned it. He gets flagged late in routes. He could probably stand to add some bulk to that long, lanky frame of his. Um, I also thought in Greedy's game, uh, his change of direction and hip movement was kind of stiff. And I thought there were some bad reps when he had to flip his hips. And that actually kind of showed up today at the combine during the drills. I uh, wish I could have got that out before that drill today. But Greedy Williams was thrown in the starting lineup as a redshirt sophomore, or as a redshirt freshman, excuse me, and became a force in the SEC early on. While tall frames are getting overrated in almost every draft class when it comes to corners, this is one of those exceptions where his play and talent level exceeds his NFL-ready frame. I have a high second-round grade on him, too. I'm two points higher than you. I've got an 89. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Greedy Williams being the first corner off the board come draft time, so we will see. Uh, I have a high second-round, I guess, low first for Greedy Williams. Were you bothered by some of the tackling issues in the running and run support like I was? Yeah, I think that's uh, the the problem with a lot of these DBs in this yeah, group. Yeah, it's a pretty common theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the next one here, and it's DeAndre Baker from Georgia. Now, Baker is another great athlete with some serious change of direction. He is very good in coverage. He is much better playing man than in zone. Another player like Greedy Williams that went up against some very good wide receivers and fared pretty well. He's pretty physical corner, too, and in coverage, and he's also good when the ball is in the air. Um, like Greedy, I didn't think Baker was a particularly good tackler either. Uh, his jab at the line is a little hit or miss from Baker, but at his size and athleticism, he's strong in coverage. Uh, put Baker in press man packages. Uh, let him clean up his tackling a little bit, and you've got the makings of a CB1 on some team. I've got a high second-round pick on him too. I've got an 87 on DeAndre Baker. So um, I think one of the big draws for Baker is that he's extremely scheme versatile. He's effective in man, zone, and off man. Uh, Baker is a guy who has an advanced understanding of route combinations. You see a lot of smooth transitions into and out of his back pedal. Like you mentioned, change of direction isn't a problem for him like it can be for Greedy. Uh, uh, Baker anticipates and breaks on throws before they're cut loose a lot of times. He has elite ball skills. Baker doesn't give up on a play until it's over. He can see him fighting through the end of reps to try to rip balls loose after guys have made catches against him. Uh, and I thought he was one of the more effective corners in run support in this class. His, his tackling isn't great. Uh, technique needs improvement, and I think he could stand to add some bulk and get a little stronger. But he is a willing and a physical tackler when he has to do it. Uh, I think it's more an issue of a technique for him than it is for an issue of willingness or desire like it is for Greedy and some of these other corners in this class. Um, in terms of negatives on Baker, I, like I mentioned, I think he'd, he'd, add, he'd benefit from adding some bulk and getting stronger. I think there are times where he's a little over-aggressive on the initial move, and it can make him vulnerable to easy inside releases and double moves over the top. Uh, Baker, like I mentioned, tackling technique could use some work, and he shows some vulnerability to getting beat deep. He ran pretty well at the combine, uh, but I think there are some issues with him with recovery speed. When he bites on that initial route, he can get beat over the top at times. 
But I like Baker. Uh, he's actually my cornerback. He's tied, actually, for my cornerback one. Um, and I have a 92 on him. So I thought he graded really well in pretty much all the categories. Uh, really, the only downside for him is the lack of deep speed and the tackling technique. But in terms of basic skill sets and the physical attributes that you look for, I think he's got pretty much everything. He checks off pretty much all the boxes. So he was a guy that I enjoyed watching, and I, I liked him quite a bit. All right, so we got our first first round grade. It comes from Jamie on DeAndre Baker. Let's go ahead and move to the third corner on this list, and it is Julian Love out of Notre Dame. So Love is a guy who, in my opinion, really excels in man and zone schemes. He anticipates and breaks on routes before the QB throws it in a lot of cases. Uh, he has outstanding closing speed. He seems to be able to run with anybody. Uh, Love locates and tracks the ball in the air. He attacks the ball at its highest point. The ball production was really great, was outstanding as three through three years as a starter. And Love basically fights for every inch on the field. He's a scrapper. He's a fighter. He's just a tough kid, and he plays hard. He was a lot of fun to watch, in my opinion. I think at times, because he's a little smaller, he can get big boyed by physical, by bigger, more physical receivers. Uh, I think Love, his physical style can cause him to be excessively grabby down the field at times. There are also times where he'll get caught peeking in the backfield, trying to anticipate throws and get beat by double moves. Love can be a bit of an ankle biter and run support. Like we said, kind of a common theme in this class. Um, and I'd like to see him be as physical as a tackler as he is in coverage. Uh, Love was another guy that I liked. He is, I think, currently my cornerback four, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, cornerback four. And I have a, a mid-round second grade on him. I have an 85 on him. Yeah, I mean, he played all three corner spots in Notre Dame. He does a good job reading receiver when the ball is in the air. The kid can get his hands on some footballs, too, in coverage. Love is the career leader at Notre Dame in pass breakups. His sophomore year, he had the school record for pass breakups in a single season with 20. While he might not be as big as a lot of these corners in this class, he's got the speed. He gets a little bit too aggressive and was caught biting on some double moves. And uh, you know, But overall, he's got good technique paired with speed that helps him to always be around the football. I think Love is a zone scheme guy where he can just break on the ball. I think that would really benefit him. Even though he didn't have a ton of experience, there were some teams that might even want to play him inside just to let him win with his speed and aggressiveness on the quick passing game. But I'm with you. I've got a mid-second-round grade on Love as well. I've got an 84, so about a mid-low second-round grade on Julian Love. So next up here, and it just happens to fall into my lap, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite corners of this class, it's Byron Murphy out of Washington. Now, he might be one of the stickiest corners in this class. He's good at getting his hands on receivers to the line and is excellent in man and zone. He's particularly good in zone where he lets his instincts work with him, and they are top-notch. Murphy's got the speed, ability to flip his hits, and cut on a dime. He's got that chippy nature on the field, too. He loves to get physical. He drives low on ball carriers to upend them and, and often attacks the football as well. Caused a few incompletions by his timing on the ball and also paired a couple of uh, forced fumbles by just getting his hand in there. Murphy is going to get knocked because of his small frame. And while that could limit him as a tackler in the NFL, he's also a redshirt freshman. So that kid's just getting started. Byron Murphy is a fluid athlete who can play press or man plus instincts, ball skills that allows him to get hands on footballs and coverage, and plays with an attitude on the field. In fact, the teammates have praised his alpha mentality, 
and he won the team's weight room award as a redshirt freshman. So he was young and got in there and gained the respect of all the seniors there in that locker room. So this is, to me, the best corner in this class, and I don't know what it is about those Huskies, but I always fall in love with them. We talk about Vita Veo uh, when he was out, Buda Baker, uh, Sidney Jones and Kevin King were favorites here. Um, I was a fan of Joe Mathis. I mean, there are so many Washington players that we end up falling in love with. I love Byron Murphy. I gave him a 93, so he's got a low first-round grade for me. He's my CB1 of this cornerback class. We are pretty much on the same page. Uh, he's tied for CB1 for me with DeAndre Baker. I mean, you said it all. He's scheme versatile, excels in man and zone, uh, breaks on balls before the, qu- the quarterback cuts him loose. He has an advanced understanding of route concepts and combinations, so he often knows where the ball is going before the quarterback does. Murphy is physical at the catch point. He drives on balls thrown in front of him. Very physical tackler in spite of his lack of size. Murphy tracks, locates, and makes plays on the balls like a, on the ball like a wide receiver. It's not uncommon to see him make a jumping catch in the back of the end zone or along the sideline and get his double, to, double toe tap down as he's going out of bounds. And I think the big thing is he plays bigger than his frame. Uh, they said he was listed at 190 in college. They said he put on 14 pounds for the combine to get up to 190. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he winds up playing somewhere around 195 in the NFL. So he looks small. He's kind of slightly built, but kind of kind of short and compact and stout in that regard. Um, there isn't really a lot not to like about him. I think the tackling technique could use a little bit of polishing. He's very effective in run support, but you know he's small, lack of functional strength, and the ta- the technique and the strength um, could be improved. And the biggest concern with him is durability. People are concerned that he's going to get beat up playing against larger receivers. But in my opinion, Murphy is the smartest, most versatile, most NFL-ready corner in the class. He does pretty much everything at or near an elite level. Really, the only other knock on him is that he's not, you know, he doesn't have elite speed. He ran, a, I think, a 4 5 four forty today, which is just fine in the NFL. Um, and I think he's going to be a starting corner right away and probably play at a very high level for a long time, barring injuries. He's a guy who looks like he's got some Pro Bowl upside and uh, also, like I mentioned, tied for my first corner in this class. All right, so let's wrap up this cornerback group before moving on to sleepers. Let's talk about Rock Yassin from Temple. So Rock Yassin, he's a guy who's very effective in press coverage. I think Yassin frequently runs out hitch routes uh, with and for the receiver, meaning he's kind of beating guys to the ball. Uh, He has great closing speed. He has the deep speed to run with pretty much anybody. Uh, Yassin plays bigger than his frame, a lot like Murphy. Doesn't get big boyed by bigger receivers a whole lot and aggressively plays the ball until the rep is over. Uh, I think he there's a little bit of a delay in his reaction time in zone coverage. He can be a little slow to drive on balls in front of him. Uh, Yassin is slow to identify and react to in-breaking routes. He'll miss the occasional jam and let, let free inside releases. Uh, and Yassin is reluctant to contribute and run support, and he's not a very technically sound or reliable tackler. Um, I did think he was fun to watch. He's got length. He's got some speed. Uh, coverage technique is good, and he's really competitive. All those things work in his favor. Also smart and has good ball skills. I think he's going to have to answer questions about the reluctance to tackle and run support and whether or not he can function in zone and off-man schemes where it seems like he's a little slow to react. 
Uh, I've seen people project him in the first round. He was listed among the top five corners, um, which he may be one of the top five corners, but in my opinion, he's not a first-round pick. I have an 80 on him, so late second, maybe early third-round grade, just not uh, not feeling the – not smelling what the rock is cooking there. <laughs> Good one. Hey, look at you. <laughs> That'll be the line of the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm with you, but I'm I'm way more down on you, Sin, than you are. Uh, and you're down on him. Um you know, he's another one of these tall, lanky corners. His technique is pretty good, especially man coverage. Uh, displayed some good ball skills as well. He really jumped up boards with his play in Mobile. Uh, teams were praising his ability to go at Debo Samuel. And, um, you know, it just seems to me he's not very quick. He had his troubles with quicker receivers during the season. Yasin also isn't good with contact. I didn't see him press much. And in the run game, he'll do the minimum to bring a guy down. Uh, Rocky Sin is a guy who has a ton of experience on the field, but only one at the FBS level. Uh, he transferred to Temple early last year. He came from a D2 school. He's got some room to grow, still needs some work. He's not bad, has some desirable ta- traits, but I'd like to see him in some cover three, let him read and react, because I think he's going to struggle in press man. Uh, this is a guy that, I, like you mentioned, people were talking about in the first round. Matt Miller says it's time to talk about him in the first round. I'm not talking about him until the third round. I've got a 70 on him. He's a guy that I might take a swing in day three. It just seems like he's got some things going, but not a lot. It's kind of hit or miss with a lot of his traits. So um, I think there are some better corners in this class. Uh, he didn't make my top five, but uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about our sleepers. And uh, you go ahead and give me your first. All right. So my sleeper is Joe Juan Williams from... Vanderbilt. Uh, Williams is a big, tall, lanky, uh, physical, scrappy corner. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about him. He's got the ideal height-weight-speed combination for an NFL quarter. Williams suffocates receivers in press coverage. Uh, He's got good route recognition, shows the ability to bait bad throws, excellent closing speed. Uh, Williams can run with pretty much anybody, drops the hammer and run support, gets his hands on a ton of throws. Um, I think the knocks on him, he didn't appear to play a ton of zone coverage in college. Uh, Williams doesn't finish as many plays with picks as he probably should. Uh, he can be slow to get his head around and find the ball downfield at times. Williams will probably draw a ton of flags early in his career because of his physical style. He has some athletic limitations that could make covering shifty and polished receivers a challenge. But I think he's a guy that you can kind of line up on a wide receiver too, have him press have him kind of suffocate a guy, beat up, beat up on him. And I think the thing that I like the most about him that made him really fun to watch is the guy just plays with a ton of confidence, and he's super chippy, ultra competitive. I mean, he's talking to guys during reps. He's talking to guys between reps. Every time he breaks up a pass, you can see his head bobbing. He's talking trash to the guy he just he just robbed, uh, took a pass away from. I mean, he's just just a tough physical guy, and he's a guy who I think is going to have a place on a, on an NFL team. I've got an 80 on him. I think he's probably more of a third-round pick. I've got a late second-round grade. But a guy that I think has some upside and a guy who in the right system could really flourish if he's allowed to get his hands on people and bully them down the field. All right. Well, we got different sleepers, which is good. My sleeper is the corner out of Penn State. It's Amani Oruweria. And uh, Oweria is a tall corner, uses his size to his advantage, does a good job boxing out receivers and high-pointing the football 
He's played really good ball skills. He had eight interceptions, 20 pass breakups in his college career. Amani has good awareness and technique. He's not a guy you're going to fool very often. He stays very disciplined. Amani gets physical at times, but will need to be more dependable at the next level. And he could work on his tackling. But if you're looking for a good tackling corner, you came to the wrong class. So, uh, <laughs> so Amani is is among them. Uh, guys that need to work on their tackling. He's uh, used his length to his advantage, making him a tough customer on the boundary. He's got good ball skills, technique, awareness, all with only one lone year of experience. He showed good progression each year, and it looks to be still growing as a player. I've got a mid-second-round grade on Oweria. I liked him a lot. The five that we covered are kind of the, seems to me, the consensus top five. Those are the most popular names in this cornerback class. Uh, this is a guy I liked a lot and a guy that snuck into my top five. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, you kind of talked a little bit about it. Uh, tell me about your top five. So my top five, I have uh, Byron Murphy and DeAndre Baker tied at 92. So they're kind of 1A and 1B. Then I have Greedy Williams with an 87 as my second, third corner. Julian Love has an 85. And I had a bunch of guys tied for for my my corner five. I had uh, Trayvon Mullen, Joan Williams, and your guy, Amani Awarwe, all tied with an 80. Hmm. So uh, I actually considered Awarie as my sleeper. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> went back and forth on it, but I've seen a lot of buzz on him leading up to the combine, and he kind of broke out at the combine. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't really, I wasn't really sure it was fair to use him as a sleeper. So I, I didn't, and I kind of figured you'd use him too. So <laughs> I went with a different, I went with a different name. But I had three guys tied in that fifth spot, and that was like I said, Trayvon Mullen, Joan Williams, and Amani Awarie. Awarie. Now, okay, so talk to me. Let's let's make a decision here now. You've got one A, one B. You're taking one corner in this class. You're taking Byron Murphy or you're taking DeAndre Baker? It's Murphy. Yeah. I take Murphy. Yeah. So one, good, smart man. Uh, number one for me, Byron Murphy had a 93 and my only corner with a first-round grade. Greedy Williams had an 89, so just outside the first-round grade. DeAndre Baker had an 87. Amani Oweria had an 85. And Julian Love, number five, with an 84, so just below Auraria. So let's talk about fits for the Chargers because uh, they might need to start looking at a corner. Yeah, I mean, this seems like a draft where they might need to think about drafting a corner. I mean, you've got, you know, there's a good chance that they may not re-sign Justin Verrett, Trevor Jason. Williams, or Jason Verrett. He's been gone so long I forgot his first name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's his twin brother. <laughs> they uh, So there's a good chance they won't re-sign Jason Verrett. Um you know, you've got uh, Trevor Williams, who's going to be a restricted free agent. No, he is a restricted free agent. Yeah, so he'll be this year. Yeah, he'll be unrestricted next off season. Uh, Michael Davis will be a restricted free agent next off season. They've got a contract negotiation coming up with Des King in the very near future. So a lot of things happening at the corner spot, and you've got Casey Hayward getting older and maybe slipping a little bit in terms of production. So I would say, uh, I would say they definitely need to look at a corner. I would say. You're probably not looking a corner at a corner before the third round, maybe a fourth round kind of sweet spot. And in that case, you know, I, I would take a look at Joan Williams. Uh, maybe maybe Julian Love sneaks into that range, hopefully. Uh, but there, I think there are some a lot of good options towards the middle the middle rounds there for corners. But I I'd, t I'd like to take a guy with some length, a guy with some competitive fire, 
and uh, a guy that they can kind of mold. So I, I would, I'd like to see them get their hands on Joe on Williams. Uh, but you mentioned Julian Love. I think that'd be a good fit in their scheme. Um, lots of good options there. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, obviously with uh, Trevor Williams being a restricted free agent, Jason Verrett being an unrestricted free agent, uh, Casey Hayward maybe falling off a little bit, uh, at least a dip in production this year, uh, this past season to the uh, season before that. Uh, Michael Davis having a uh, contract negotiation coming up. Des King, like you mentioned, uh, there's a lot kind of up in the air. I mean, obviously some of those could stick, you know. They get Trevor Williams. Maybe they sign Jason Verrett. You know, you don't know. But I think the third round is probably the earliest you're looking at a corner. I think uh, Juwan is a good choice in the third round. I like Julian Love could be there. Waria could be there in the third. That might be a sweet spot for a high-end, lengthy corner there. And um, I kind of like that. But, you know, I-, I wouldn't mind them waiting till day three to get a corner. But I think the very earliest you can start doing that is round three. And since they're drafting at the end of the round, you might just see it. You know, maybe where is the or, you know, whoever, what, whatever corner they have on their board is the highest graded and the one they reach for there. So it's kind of a it's kind of a weird spot to be in right before the beginning of day three. So they might reach there and, you know, go for a corner because it's the top guy on the board. But I think you're probably not going to see a corner in the first or second round. You're probably looking third round and on. Yeah, I would hope you're not seeing a corner in the first or second round. It's a- <laughs> no, uh-uh. You know, it's more of a predictive need than a, an immediate need. So yeah. hopefully they're not reaching out and, and jumping on that too soon. But it's certainly something that should be in consideration in the middle rounds, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go ahead and move on to this safety class. And this is a good one, so stick with us here. Uh, we'll talk about fists with the Chargers as well. Uh, let's talk about these five safeties we've got on this list. And the first one is Deontay Thompson out of Alabama. So Thompson... Um, is a smart, instinctive safety who routinely diagnoses plays before the ball is snapped. You can see him moving teammates around, and even he's walking down on the box to, to play a bubble screen or um, a pitch to a running back. Uh, Thompson is highly effective in both the single high and two deep alignments. He's able to diagnose and close in a hurry, making him a huge threat as a ball hawk. Uh, covers a lot of ground. Uh, he has incredible ball skills, frequently high-pointing balls and making plays most players can't get to. Thompson is able to cover tight ends and receivers in the slot without missing a beat. And he is a violent, ferocious, aggressive hitter who flies downhill, flies downhill, excuse me, and punishes receivers and ball carriers. I think there's a lot to like about Thompson from a flashy playmaking standpoint, but I think there's a lot of things that kind of not red flags, but a lot of things that should at least give you some pause. I think Thompson doesn't appear to have ideal long recovery speed. Uh, he get, he can get beat over the top. He can let guys run by him even as a single high safety at times. Uh, he can be a little bit too reliant on watching the quarterback and be a tick late to react. Thompson's route recognition needs some improvement. Uh, he's very reckless as a tackler. He can be completely out of control and miss tackles as a result. The tackling technique is awful. Uh, with a long, lanky frame, he definitely would benefit from adding bulk. He might have some uh, durability issues with his size and, and lack of bulk than the way he throws his body around. And the ball production doesn't particularly match up with the ball skills. You'd like to see him get his hands on more balls. I think Thompson, people talk about him being a versatile chess piece, moving him around, playing free safety in the box, or playing free safety, playing strong safety in the box. In my opinion, I think he is a free safety. I don't think you want him in the box because he's not a particularly good tackle. 
I think he might get beat up trying to run with bigger receivers and, and cover tight ends and trying to tackle those guys on a regular basis. And because he's so, you know, challenged in the running game, he's not much for providing run support, in my opinion. I don't think you want to ask him to be trying to chase down running backs and meet guys in the hole like that with a full head of steam. I just don't think it works out well for him. So uh, I would say he shows the range and flashy ball skills to be a big-time back-end playmaker. He needs to improve the tackling and continue to develop the route recognitions and his path to the ball. Sometimes his routes to balls can be too shallow and cost him plays on the ball. And I'd also like to see him add some functional strength. Uh, I liked Thompson. I thought he was going to wind up grading out a lot higher than he did when, as I was watching him, but I, I have an 85 on him, so kind of a mid-second round grade. He's a guy who I think has some upside but also has some challenges in his game and has some things he needs to iron out. Yeah, I mean, he only had one year of starting experience, so I think there's a lot of growing to do here. But if you're grading it, yeah, on that on that one year, there are some shortcomings for sure. Uh, he's a player that's always looking to hit stick someone on the field. He's a high-end athlete. He can really cover ground as the deep safety. His ability to click and close is the best in this class, in my opinion. He's got the size, length, and speed to make any play on the field. He was also one of Alabama's best special teams players. Uh, Thompson had only one year of experience, and he had an outstanding beginning of the season. But as those games kind of progressed, he started to fall off a little bit. He started really hot, cool off toward the end of the year. Like you mentioned, his tackling technique is a mess. Uh, he struggles in the run game, and he is much better as the center fielder than he is as a strong safety in the box. He's a rangy center fielder who can cover from sideline to sideline. He's ultra-aggressive, can contribute major snaps on special teams as well. His tackling needs work. He's only got the one year of starting experience. He's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, there are some flaws, but uh, some that can be ironed out over time. I've got an 87 on him, so we're not too far off. Uh, high second-round grade. Deontay Thompson is kind of being touted as a first-round safety and the best safety in this class. Um, I have some things to say about that, but uh, definitely a talented player for sure, uh, a guy that seems to be just growing too. So, um, and we'll talk about this overall class in, in a little bit too. So let's go ahead and move on to the next guy, and it's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida. And it just so happens it keeps I get on to, you. Damn it. <laughs> my favorite players land on me, and I get to start it. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson played all over the field for the Gators. He can cover some ground working sideline to sideline. Really good closing speed on ball carriers. Very good instincts, especially in zone. Chauncey is a leader on defense. He's always t setting his teammates up pre-snap. He's almost like a quarterback on defense when he's on the football field. In the run game, he does tend to, tick to uh, stick to blocks a little bit too often. And sometimes, because he is so aggressive, his eye discipline is a little off and he can get beat over the top at times. But he is a versatile piece. The teams can move all around. He's so good off man. He would be a major asset nickel with his instincts, just letting him make plays in front of him. His jump between years showed true leap and progression and a player that is really starting to grow into a true playmaker. Uh, this is my favorite safety in this class. He got a 92 from me, which is a first-round grade. Uh, not a guy people are really putting at the top. I'm making that leap. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a playmaker already. I like him a lot. He got a first-round grade. He got a 92 from me. This is a guy I said yesterday I thought was going to test through the roof and really start to see his stock rise at the Combine. Uh, I, I loved him. It just so happens we have the same grade on him. Not to very <laughs> lead, but exact same number. Uh, and he is... 
there are a lot of guys in this class that are called versatile because they get moved around because their their coaches can't figure out what to do with them. There are very few guys in this class who are versatile because they can literally do everything at a high level. Gardner is a guy who literally does everything at a high level. He plays single high. He plays two deep. He plays strong safety. You see him play dime linebacker. He plays in the slot. Some think he might make an excellent outside corner. This is a description that if you remember last year, a lot of people were using this particular description to describe Derwin James. And he is, in my opinion, the closest thing in this class to Derwin James. He is uh, he obviously isn't Derwin, but there are a lot of similarities, and I felt like I was watching Derwin in some ways, watching Chauncey Gardner-James. He is that good. You call him Chauncey Gardner-James, and that's a Did pretty I, uh... good slip-up. Yeah, because it is <laughs> almost like <laughs> Derwin James. <laughs> Chauncey Carter Johnson. Thank you for catching that uh, Freudian <laughs> slip there. Uh, uh, <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> uh, he's an explosive athlete, very fluid, sudden change of direction, like you mentioned, understands route combinations, routinely peels off his man and makes plays on balls and in other parts of the field, natural hands and elite ball skills. Uh, Chauncey is extremely effective blitzer off the edge, which is something not all these safeties can do. Uh, he's the most reliable DB in this class, in my opinion, in run support, impressive closing and recovery speed. I mean, he does everything at a high level. I think when you're talking about things he doesn't do well, you're kind of nitpicking to an extent. You mentioned his eye discipline is a little off, uh, and he can get stuck peeking in the backfield and let receivers sneak by him at times. Uh, his angles to ball carriers can att- can occasionally miss tackles because, like you mentioned, he's ultra-aggressive and sometimes he will over-pursue and overrun guys. Uh, he's not of effect, not as effective in single high as he is as a strong safety and in two deep alignments, but I think that's a skill that can develop based on his athleticism and, and, um, and playmaking ability. He will occasionally bite hard on initial moves and miss a tackle or get beat on a throw, and I'd like to see him wrap up all the time. He has a tendency to drop his head and lunge at times. Now, when I first started watching him, his 17 tape was not all that great. A lot of missed tackles, a lot of sloppy form, a lot of blown assignments, and it was kind of alarming, and I almost turned it off. And then I started watching the 18 tape, and then I really fell in love. The 18 tape, like you mentioned, the progression is amazing. From where he was in 17 to where he finished the year in 18, completely different player really making use of all of his skill sets. And he's a guy who, like I said, he's my he's my number one safety in this class. I think he does pretty much everything at or near an elite level. There are some things to clean up for sure, uh, but he's going to be a very, very good player in this class. I think he shows an advanced football IQ, a high level of route recognition to go with legitimate versatility and ball skills. I think with more experience, his reads will get better, the, the routes to ball carriers and, and the football will get better, and the tackling will improve. I think, you know, like kind of we mentioned with some of the corners, you know, this is a guy who is athletic enough to be a good tackler, and he is willing. He wants to be a good tackler, and you can already see that in his tape in the progression from 17 to 18. And I think, his, I think this is a guy who is going to work really hard and just continue to get better. So he can play free safety. Strong safety, slot, outside corner. Uh, this is a guy who, I mean, you know, you talk about fits for the Chargers. 
if they're looking to replace a certain number 37 in the back in the back end of that defense because of everything he does so well i think he's such a perfect complement to james i would love to see him go to the chargers at the end of the first round i doubt it happens but man do i love chauncey gardner johnson yeah yeah and we'll t- we're going to talk about fits uh and a couple of these safeties too so it, uh, yeah there we'll we'll get into all that and uh what we like out of these the safety group but um that kid's so good, man. And uh, surprisingly, not getting as much buzz as I thought he would. You know, he had a great combine today, and uh, he said he met with all 32 teams. So I assume, I don't know if he was kidding, but so we hope that uh, Chargers made that visit, obviously, one of the 32. And he was asked today, you know, like why he didn't sit out his bowl game because, you know, a lot of the top player sat out his bowl game and he said he thought it would be a disrespect to his team and in that game he had two interceptions so it's like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hurt his stock playing in that game at all so uh let's go ahead and move on to the next safety because we could probably talk about uh garner johnson all show long but let's talk about this mississippi state safety jonathan abram i don't want to i want to keep talking about gardner johnson <laughs> <laughs> me too man me too uh, so Jonathan Abram, he's kind of a flavor of the month. I've seen him listed as high as the first safety in this class by some evaluators. Uh, he has the look and the game of an NFL enforcer. He's big and he's fast and he's a violent hitter. Um, he is a really good matchup for tight ends because of the size and speed. Uh, he has great closing speed. Uh, he's a very physical tackler who looks to blow people up. Abram is effective when covering half the field or asked to play underneath zone as a strong safety. Uh, he makes a ton of plays near behind the line of scrimmage. He is one of the better players in run support in this class, and he is an effective blitzer. Uh, I don't think, despite his speed, I don't think Abram is a guy you want playing center field and covering uh, from sideline to sideline. I just I don't think that's his game. He can be slow to recognize and react to route concepts. I think Abram has a tendency to get out of control, really out of control, and miss tackles. He's very tight-hipped, and change of direction can be an issue for him. So anybody who's shifty or can suddenly change direction is going to make him whiff on a tackle with the way he comes flying downhill. I think the footwork can be choppy, and because of the tight hips, Abram can be very slow to transition out of his back pedal, and the ball production wasn't really there. Uh, like I said, I'm not as high on him as some. Uh, I have I think he's probably going to be limited to box safety and or kind of a dime linebacker role at the next level. Uh, matching up primarily with tight ends. Uh, he did run well at the combine, but he doesn't look that fast on tape unless he's coming straight downhill. I think the biggest thing for him is he is a, you know, that you hear people use this term, he's a one-speed, one-direction player. If he has to change gears or change directions, he's pretty much fucked. So this is not a guy you want. I don't think this is a guy you want in the middle of the field at all. Um so I have an 81 on Jonathan Abram, which is a late second, early third round pick. I think he's being way overvalued for his physical look and build and the speed. And people aren't really looking at what he's doing on tape, in my opinion. I do not think he's a guy who should be taken in the first round. And I don't think people should be talking about him as a versatile piece who can move around and play multiple positions. I just don't think that's his game. We agree here because this feels like the rockiest sin of the safety class, uh, <laughs> being way overhyped, some first-round love, but uh, I do not think he's worth a first-round grade. Uh, he's a hard-hitting safety, 
And when he gets ahead of steam, it's lights out. Uh, Abram is better in your line of scrimmage. He's aggressive in the run game. Can also get after the quarterback. He's got the NFL frame for the position as well. With his speed and physicality, he's got the making of a potential special teams ace. Abram's early tape was outstanding. Didn't quite make the leap this past season that I was kind of hoping for. He still had a good year last year, but I was expecting 18 to really propel him to the top of this class. His instincts are average and gets caught being too aggressive way too often, and the instincts are the big knock on him. He's a safety with bad intentions. His best spot's going to be at strong safety where he can lend his services in the run game, cover tight ends with a threat to blitz off the edge. His instincts and route awareness need work. He has some good traits. Uh, if you can course correct his aggressiveness, because like you mentioned, he's just, you know, a big full head of steam, a boulder rolling downhill. You move out of the way and he will olay you. So uh, he's got a chance to be a player. I've got a 79 on him, which is a high third round grade. Uh, we're in the neighborhood here. Um, I'm not seeing much of the first round love, and uh, uh, we agree on this one. So let's go ahead and move on to the next one, and it is Taylor Rapp out of Washington. A rap is a grade A run defender. He diagnoses quickly and plays downhill. He's a physical match in coverage, and Rap is another guy who likes to lay the wood. He's a smart kid who understands route concepts because of Washington moved him around a lot. Rap is a threat to get after the quarterback. He's much better closer to the line. Does possess long speed, so free safety wasn't his strong suit because he didn't really run that good um, with people downhill, especially in the vertical routes. Uh, that lack of top-end athleticism, he's not very good sideline to sideline either. So Taylor Rapp would be good in the box. You can He can hold up in zone if you let him use his aggressiveness, physicality in the line of scrimmage. Playing him, him at free safety isn't going to do him any favors. People have projected him as a free safety. I think that would be bad news. So um, he's versatile because he played everywhere, but he's not that versatile. I've got an 83 on Rapp. Um, I know it kind of sounds like I'm being down on him, but it just everybody's talking about him playing center field, and I just don't see it. So I've got an 83 on him, which is a mid-low second-round grade. I like. I agree with what you say about him playing free safety. I don't think that's his thing at all. I've seen people, again, talking about him as a chess piece. I don't think he is, like you mentioned, the athlete to be able to do that at the next level. I completely agree there. But I did like him a little bit more than you did. So I think, like I mentioned, he does pretty much everything well. I don't think he does anything really outside of his instincts or his route recognition at what I – well, I guess his run, his run defense too at an elite level. Um he has a very high football IQ. He's always where he's supposed to be. Uh, Rap takes patient, intelligent pass to the ball and run support and in coverage. Uh, he's big enough to match up with tight ends. He closes quickly. Rap always finishes his tackles, and he is a punishing hitter on the back end when he's looking to break up a pass. Uh, Rap had very limited ball production for a three-year starter, especially one who played a lot of free safety. Uh Taylor's range is solid, but I wouldn't say it's outstanding. Certainly not elite. Does not possess elite speed or athleticism. Uh, His range is too limited to be a single high safety, in my opinion. He will almost always opt for the hit versus playing or playing the man over playing the ball in coverage. Uh, Rap struggles with sudden change of direction. He is not as effective uh, when he has to turn and run down the field in the slot, like you mentioned. Uh, I, I have an 86 on rap, which is kind of a mid second round grade. So a little higher on him than you. I think there is value to him playing that, that strong safety role, uh, playing in the box, 
matching up with tight ends, coming downhill and filling against the run, coming off the edge, things like that. Um, kind of letting him, like you mentioned, play in the short zone and be aggressive, read and react, uses his, his uh, instincts to his advantage. Uh, I just don't think he's going to be a high-end playmaker, but I think the flip side to that is he's not going to make a lot of backbreaking mistakes and he's really not going to hurt you. He's always going to be where he needs to be. So I think there's a lot of value in that. Even if he's not going to get his hands on a lot of footballs or force a lot of turnovers, he's going to save you more than he's going to hurt you. So I, I think there's some value to that, and I like him. I've got an 86. He is my third. Yep, my third rated corner at the moment. Hmm. Or safety, excuse me. Okay, let's wrap this safety group up before sleepers, and let's talk about Nasir Adderley at Delaware. So Adderley is a springy, explosive athlete who makes everything looks look effortless. Uh, he plays bigger than his frame, willing to make plays and run support, take on blockers, and drop the hammer in coverage. Adderley possesses speed and range to play free safety. Uh, he plays the deep safety, the box safety, and slot, and plays them all pretty well. Uh, he attacks the ball at its highest point with elite ball skills. I think the thing that really stood out to me with him is when he high points the ball, he really high points the ball. The guy looks like he's, you know, the little brother getting double launched on the trampoline, just kind of launches himself off the ground. Um, he's an accomplished kick returner, and he will add value on kick coverage teams as well. I think Adderley's mental processing can be a little slow. He can be slow to react. He gets caught watching the quarterback at times and can find himself behind plays in his area. Adderley needs to improve his functional strength. I think he's slightly built, so you may have to restrict him to free safety to keep him healthy, and the route recognition could use some improvement. I think he's a true NFL free safety who can also work as a slot corner as needed. Adderley has a speed, has exciting speed, range, and ball skills. Uh, the one thing I noticed, though, is you know I heard people raving about how good he was, and while he's obviously a good football player, I didn't think he popped on tape as much as you'd like against a guy who played against low-level competition. You know, he had some splash plays here and there, but he didn't stand out consistently for full games at a time, game to game. It was a play here, a play there where his athleticism stood out, but he wasn't really, he didn't always look like the best player on the field to me. Still a good player, though. Uh, I have an 87 on Nasir Adderley. He's my second rated safety, uh, right in between, uh, right in between Rap and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. All right, so Nasir Adderley is a DB that played both corner and free safety in college. In fact, the reason he moved to safety was the team had a big hole in the roster, and he took it upon himself to move positions to help the team. He's very good in the run game, can read and diagnose, also shows a good ability to tackle when left alone in space. Nasir's range is in the building. He can run and cover anywhere on the football field. Because he played corner, it looks very comfortable in coverage when lined up anywhere. He's a top-end athlete, even though he didn't compete at the Combine. He's a little bit undersized for the position, but Adderley also gets caught in between a little bit too much when having to decide between the ball and the man. Sometimes you see him think about it a little bit too much. But Nasir Adderley is an athlete. He plays all over the field, tough in the run game, can cover everywhere. His weaknesses are fixable, and there is so much to like about Adderley. Um, I was ready to not like him because most Players that Chargers Twitter gets latched on to aren't very good. Uh, Chargers Twitter likes Nasir Adderley, and I do too. I got an 88 on him, which is a high second-round pick. So 
Uh, let's go ahead and go on a sleeper, and I'll go ahead and start. And uh, unfortunately, it's a guy that just kind of blew up on the combine. It's Juan Thornhill out of Virginia. <laughs> Me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his best trait is his ball skills. He had 13 interceptions in college. And when he's got the ball in his hands, he's always trying to take it to the house. In fact, he even set the school record for interception return yards last season. He is great getting into the backfield in the run game, can shoot gaps quickly, recorded 12 tackles for a loss through his career. Thornhill has pretty good size and has great closing speed. He played every DB spot at Virginia, though he's going to be a safety in the NFL. Thornhill just tested as a plus athlete at the Combine. He almost broke the record for the broad jump and recorded the third highest vertical at 44 inches. His athleticism shows up at times, but he doesn't play that fast. I mean, he was an elite athlete, but I wouldn't say he plays that fast on tape. He wins with speed in the backfield, but I will say his tackling is pretty shoddy. Juan Thornhill has high football IQ. He's a top-end athlete, a true ball hawk at the position. I've got a mid-second-round grade on Thornhill. He's got an 84 from me. We're pretty much on the same page. I thought I was going to get you with this one. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you mentioned it. Thornhill's real strength is he's extremely smart. He understands route concepts and where the ball is going. Very good with the ball in the air. He locates, tracks, and adjusts. Thornhill high points the ball consistently. He is a decent tackler, not great. I think most of his issues are technique-based. Uh, he is at his best in short and intermediate zone schemes where he can drive on underneath routes. He has elite ball production to match his ball skills, 13 picks and 26 passes broken up in three years as a starter, as a corner and a safety. Uh, very good in run support. Uh, you mentioned it. I mean, he tested really well, but he does not play that fast on tape. So initially, when I wrote my notes on him, I said he lacked elite speed because he does not play that fast. <laughs> but he ran very well at the combine. So. Yeah. Uh, he's a little slow on tape. Uh, somebody pointed out to me on Twitter that it might be because he was learning the, the safety position this year, so he was thinking things through on the field. But I thought he played a little bit slow at corner two at times. So the play speed does not always match the the testing speed, which hopefully that catches up at some point. Uh, I don't think you really want to match him up with slot receivers on a regular basis. Uh, he probably doesn't have the range um, a great range to be a single high safety. I think his range is pretty average, but with his speed and his instincts, that could improve over time as he watches more tape and, and figures out route combinations. Um, I think while Thornhill played outside in college, he isn't athletic enough to play outside in the NFL. I'd like to see him wrap up more consistently instead of dropping his shoulder, and he would benefit from getting stronger and improving his tackling technique. Um I think Thornhill looks like a pretty fun safety. I, I Initially, when I first thought that he didn't look that fast on tape, I thought he might be a box safety. But now I'm thinking he might be able to play some free safety at the next level uh, as his instincts and his play speed increase. So I, I have an 85 on him. Oh, yeah. So we're in the neighborhood. All right. Yep. So I'll go ahead and give you the top five, and you can give me yours. Uh, number one, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to be Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He has a 92 and my only safety with a first-round grade. Nasir Adderley has an 88. He's number two, just outside the first-round grade. Deontay Thompson is number three for me at 87. Juan Thorhill, the sleeper, is number four at an 84. And the Washington safety, Taylor Rapp, is number five for my top five. My top five are Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with a 92. Nasir Adderley is my number two with an 87. Taylor Rapp is my number three with an 86. 
Deontay Thompson and Juan Thornhill are tied uh, with an 85 for the number five spot. All right. And, of course, this is going to be a hot topic for the Chargers because uh, free safety is a big need come this offseason, and it's an obvious concern. And the Chargers are going to be set up with maybe three very talented safeties staring them right in the face. We're talking about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Nasir Adderley, uh, Deontay Thompson, all three excellent compliments to Derwin James, like you were talking about earlier. Um, You know, they each kind of have their tackling shortcomings, but all athletic, versatile, would just be killer for this Chargers defense. I mean, my order, I mean, we both agree Gardner-Johnson is the best safety in this class. Nasir Adderley would be very good, too. I'd be excited about Deontay Thompson. All three would be great. And the great thing about having a guy like Gardner-Johnson or even Adderley, and to an extent Thompson as well, is that they're all pretty versatile. That like If you've got a guy like Gardner-Johnson and Derwin James who could basically flip-flop positions, you never know where it's coming from. You don't know where they're playing. You don't know who's blitzing off the edge. There's so many things you can do with those guys because they're both those chess pieces on defense that – it would be insane to have those two guys on the field, and it would really open up this defense. I think it would just be amazing. Now, there's probably at least one of them that's going to be there at 28, if not all three, depending on how the uh, how the board falls. I'm not saying the Chargers will draft a safety. You know, they drafted Derwin James last year, but you know, it's going to depend on how the board falls. But man, it would be a shame if a guy like Gardner Johnson is sitting there at 28. And you know, we haven't gone over tackles and defensive line yet, but Man, Garner Johnson is going to be high on my list if he's there at 28. Yeah, me too. I mean, it'd be really problematic if Jaleel Adai prevented the Chargers from drafting Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That, that would be alarming, to say the least. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if Gardner Johnson, Adderley, and Deontay Thompson are there at, at 28. I don't know that they take them. In fact, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't take any of those three. I don't think they'll take a safety two years in a row in the first round. But if those three guys are there, they have to at least think about it. I mean, they've got to get a die off the field. I don't think Jenkins is a free safety. I don't think they want to move uh, Phillips out of that dime linebacker role. So it comes down to a die and, uh, and Jalen Watkins really for the free safety spot. And, Call me crazy, but I think I'd rather have Gardner Johnson, Adderley, or Deontay Thompson back there than either one of those two. So yeah. it's something it's something they've got to at least be discussing. Absolutely. And it's got to be a strong discussion, too. I mean, I think, you know, when we were talking about the things that they could do on offense if they got TJ Hawkinson, I think, you know, there you might – you might draft based on need because there's going to be a lot of talented players there. And you at least have the conversation to go, well, maybe defensive line is more important or maybe a tackle is more important or maybe even safety uh, because there are a lot more important players at that position, at least more important uh, uh, positions at that, at number 28. So, you know, just seeing uh, one of these three guys fall there, they have to have serious discussions on why they need to go in another direction. If you can have a guy like Adderley or Gardner Johnson or Thompson to rotate with Derwin James, because that I I know they have leaks in the middle of that defense, and linebacker is going to be a, a big need, and you know there might be a talented player on the board then. But God, man, you know if you can clean up that back end on free safety, you're going to cause a lot of troubles for offenses when you can mix. These guys with Derwin James and flip-flop them and run them at all different angles. 
Yeah, and I also think there's just more value to having a playmaker in the back end than there is to having a linebacker. I mean, they need linebacking help for sure. I think there are other ways to address the middle of that defense, like maybe more defensive tackles, bigger defensive tackles. But, uh, I mean, Gardner-Johnson and Adderley in particular, even Thompson, all three of those guys are going to be playmakers at the next level. And we're talking about interceptions, maybe, you know, field position flipping interceptions, if not touchdown scoring uh, turnovers. So, I mean, there there are a lot of opportunities there to make big plays by making a big change in the back end of that defense. Will they do it? I don't think so, but I would if I was in their shoes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we'll talk about it as we get closer to the draft, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. I am at Garrett on Twitter. Jamie? At Lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.